Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. My mindset then was like, that don't matter to me. I'm still trying to, I need to get to Believe. Like, that's where, right. you know, I'll feel like I did something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, like, I look back on it now, and I'm just like, man, I wish I would have just enjoyed it and a little bit more. But I look at it like that's just what made me the the killer that I, I wanted to be. Welcome to 94 and More, a podcast presented by Bristol Studio. I'm your host, Jake Fenster, and I'm joined by my co-host, Vic Law. What's Our good? guest today is Orlando Johnson. Orlando, thank you so much for joining the show. Hey, thanks, fellas. Thanks. Glad to uh, be here, man. I know that Vic uh, Vic shared with me a little bit of information that uh, you were in quarantine in Australia, mm-hmm. and you actually tested positive for the virus. So how are you feeling? Oh, man, I feel fine. It's crazy because, I, you know, before I took off from America, you know, I took a test to make sure everything was good. I was negative. I get here and, you know, after the day two, you know, they take take another test. I come back negative and it gets to like around like day 10 for me and they take another test and I'm, they tell me it's positive. And you know, I was like, you know, how does this happen? Like, like, yeah. who, you know, they're, you know, they're calling me like, have you been around anybody? Like, ain't nobody can come in my room. Like, yeah, it's almost crazy like, that they ask that question anyway. Yeah. So I'm just like, I don't understand like how the whole. Did they? Did I they just, test you again once you tested positive? Did you get no? They that confirmed it. They just they just moved me to another uh, hotel, mm-hmm. and basically just said, you know, after fourteen days of you quarantine, you should be good to go. So that was that was that. And, um, Got you. Yeah, I was just uh, I tried to you know fight it. I'm like, yo, can we take another test? Like this just it doesn't make sense. Like you know they they like asked me. Do you feel any symptoms, anything like that? I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't feel anything. And uh, yeah, that's so, crazy. <sighs> that's where I'm at today, man. Day, yeah, well, thanks, <laughs> thanks for yeah. jumping on with us uh, during that time. And and I know it's uh, yeah. it's pretty crazy to be going through that, but we we really yeah. appreciate you. For those people listening who maybe aren't familiar with you, do you want to give a little bit of background, maybe about who you are and, and kind of what your journey has been like up until this point? Oh yeah. Uh, well, I'm Orlando Johnson from. Seaside, California. I went to UC Santa Barbara from 2009 to 2012. Was drafted in the 2012 draft, second round pick, three years in the NBA, um, two with the Pacers, and then bounced around to the Kings, the Suns, and the Pelicans. Been overseas, you know, the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, played in Russia, China, Philippines. There's a lot of bouncing around here in Australia. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so I've got a chance to see a lot, a lot of the world, which I'm truly blessed and thankful for. Um, and uh, you know, like a few years ago, ruptured my patella tendon, like a summer pickup game, and uh, yeah, bounce, bounce back from that. Made my way to Taiwan and then to Russia, and now I'm here, and uh, finally back all the way, you know, healthy to where you know I felt like uh you know coming out um in the draft and like you know my early you know 20 years so yeah I'm ready to return to to form and, and get this thing thing rocking with Vic here in uh in Brisbane. I want to go back to what it was like for you kind of growing up in California. I know 
you bounce around a lot, but you kind of walk us mm-hmm. through what your experience was like growing up here. And uh, I'm also from California, so I'd be curious to get mm-hmm. your take on what it was like. Um, so yeah, if you could share some more information there. Yeah, well, uh, for me, I grew up in a, a small town, right? So it was only like 30,000 people. And then, you know, the next biggest city was like San Jose, San, like the Bay Area. Growing up, I seen, you know, a lot of different things. Like you, you come in to, uh, you know, my hometown or whatever, and you see like all this, it was some good talent, right? And I'm just taking it to what what I do as a, you know, a basketball player. So we're like, oh, there's some ballers here. But then you drive up, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and then you see all the different talent and you're like, oh man, like it's different out here. Like the culture is different out here. Like there's a lot more. So mm-hmm. for me, it um, being from a small city like that, just having to kind of grind my way out of there to get noticed and, and to get put on. It was literally like a grind every day because my brother, the one that put the ball in my hand. He was, you know, one of the only few uh, basketball players that like received like a Division One scholarship out of that area uh, during his time, and so you know, just so he set the the blueprint for he, you and kind of yeah, showed you yeah, he, showed he, you the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he set the tone. He set the tone for me. Just kind of showed me what I needed to do. And for me, I fell in love with that process. Fell in love with uh, the game, and mm-hmm. um, I wanted to take it further than than what he did because you know. Growing up, he was my hero, and he was my favorite player. You know, even though I didn't watch as much of him, the highlights that I seen, I would always tell people I was like, "That's my, that's my Jordan." So you know, so like, just going going through that, that those times right there, and learning, uh, being you know a much younger brother because my brother's seventeen years older than me. Damn near could have been like my father. You know how he <laughs> was raising me and stuff like that. So just. Having that experience and, and growing up in a big, big family uh, home, my grandmother took us all in. You know, at one point it was 17 of us living in that a household in like a four bedroom house. How did, you know, how did that work? How, how did you, uh, how did you make that yeah, work? Like, well, you know, for us, it was, you know, we had, you know, a little den area, like where people sleep. We had guys on the couches, we had a uh, triple bunk bed. You know, we just had to make it, make it, you know, work by any means. That's how our, our grandma you know, raised us and uh, you know, just kind of told us like, you know, ain't nothing going to be handed to you unless you want to go out there and go get it. For me, it was a no brainer, you know, seeing that, like, I love my family, I love them to death, but, you know, I just always wanted to provide a, a better life, you know, um, but those memories are the ones that keep me going and keep me uh, striving for more because, yeah, I remember sharing a bed with, with my cousins and there'd be three of us in there and a lot of like the culture, you know, obviously that you said you have a, a very tight knit family. Um, what what uh, does sports kind of mean to that family? Like you say, your brother, you know, kind of put the ball in your hand. But was it always basketball? Uh-huh. Um, did you play any other sports? Um, mm. How did sports really tie into your family dynamic? Oh, man. So it was like it, it damn near was like um, if you ain't going to work, you better be playing, playing a sport or, or doing something. You know, and for me, I was like, well, dude, I do love to be outside and I love, you know, competing. Like, mm-hmm. that was my thing. And uh, so I had to play everything growing up. I played baseball, football, um, track, and, and basketball, of course. But football has always been my, my favorite sport. Still love it. Uh, to this day, love watching the game. You know, I think, and that was my other brother, Jamel, his favorite sport. Like, he, he was a football player. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, my grandma just got a joy from putting us all in different sport, 
different right. sports, you know, so it'd be, like I said, all my cousins and stuff like that were playing on different, you know, uh, peewee teams and, and, you know, boys and girls club teams and stuff like that. So, you know, we were, we grew up in a household where we were going to compete anyway, you know, uh, so it was just kind of like ready in us, like to, to mm-hmm. want to go play and, and compete and, and try different things. And so for me, like basketball and football were the ones that stuck out the most to me. I hated baseball because how slow it was <laughs> and um, you know like and literally because i was weak i was weak i ain't gonna front i was weak at baseball <laughs> like they'd be they'd be pitching the ball and i'm like man i can't i would like try to go up there to get hit <laughs> right just get on base too fast yeah let me get on base you know what i mean and uh you know i was good like and outfield, but like they rarely hit it out there. So I'll be like the kid, like staring off in the clouds. And, yeah, uh, definitely. Yo. Yeah, it wasn't. That's like every kid for me. Yeah, so it's like, man, I'm, I don't want to do this no more. And I know that probably made my grandma kind of sad because she loved loved baseball. But you know, I, I found uh, you know love for for football because I was a quarterback growing up. Played a little receiver as well. You know, a lot of offer for football. Basketball kind of gave me more of a, a challenge, more of a thrill in terms of uh, nobody really, everybody kind of thought like the easier way was football. But I just felt like uh, I wanted to, you know, change that narrative and bet on myself and mm. see what That's I That's an interesting point. When you say that, what do you mean it was the, people thought that was the easier way was football? It just came more naturally uh, to you? Yeah, I was more, yeah, more naturally just like gifted at football like physically mm-hmm. you know I, I always love the contact you know then they seen me like uh i think they just seen the potential of what you know i could be like they seen i i did play you know quarterback growing, growing up from you know the early years to my high school years and then my last year when i or my junior year when i transferred to a different school they ended up putting me at receiver you know i played well but i didn't really like that because i was like i get here and y'all just switch my position like i was a quarterback growing up y'all knew what i was and then but I got I got a lot of you know looks you know Pac-10 looks or Pac-12 looks, um, a lot of high major schools out there that were you know trying to recruit me you know really thought like football was was my my way out for myself it it kind of my football coach kind of rubbed me the the wrong way when he told me I would be like a Division three center and uh, <laughs> I, I just didn't like that I, yeah, that didn't sit that didn't sit well with me. A division damn, three I, I center. Or I was like, damn. I was like, am I weak at who? I was like, oh man. I was like, so you know, that summer going into my senior year, I just grinded with my brother, uh, literally all day and all you know night for that summer until I and then I got on the circuit, played against you know, um, you know, a lot of the high major guys in my class like Derrick Rose, OJ Mayo, mm-hmm. you know. Beasley, all those guys. Is that OJ you know, from California? Really well. OJ's not. OJ's from. Uh, oh no, yeah, he's from West he Virginia. OJ Mayo. OJ's uh, from West Virginia. So you know, oh, okay. I, I got a chance to to hold my own and, and compete against you know the best. And I was like, you know what? Showed up literally on the first day of practice. I walked uh, football practice. I walked up to the coach and all my friends on the team were like, "Oh, what's up? Where where are your pads at?" And I was like, "Hold up." I just told the coach, I said, look here, man. I, was like, I got 13 Division One scholarships for basketball. I said, what can you <laughs> offer me? He's like, well, you know, you come out here and, and, you, and you play. Uh, you know, we, we can we can make something happen. I think, I said, you know what? That's not good enough for me. He said, I'm going to take my, my chances with this basketball thing. 
and I walked off the field. And that was the last time, you know. Um, I know my friends were hurt. They didn't believe that I was actually going to do it. But I just focused that, that whole year to becoming, you know, the best basketball player I could be at that time. It led to me being, you know, uh, one of the best high school players in, in California that year in my division and stuff. So, yeah, I think it I think it turned out all right. Man. Do you think uh... – so how you think, come you chose? Oh, sorry, go ahead, Vic. Oh, go ahead, Vic. Go ahead. I said, do you think, well, first no, you of all, let's just say everyone in this podcast was a former quarterback at one uh, point in time in their career. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> some a little farther than others. You but... can't throw a spiral to save your life. Nah, well, you Jake, I've had, I've, had children, life, I've, had, but... I've had shoulder surgeries that have just derailed my quarterback career. <laughs> I would say, do you, think that, do you think if you stayed at quarterback, do you think that would have changed your perspective? On whether or not you would want to wanted to keep playing, uh, you know what, I think so. I think so because I I love um that that accountability. I love the leadership, and plus I was I felt like I was good at it. But mm-hmm. when I switched to the school, like they were more of a you know option team, so they right. ran it a lot. Mm-hmm. They ran it a lot, and I was more of a a drop back and throw it. You know, so they wanted to run, I wanted to pass. And like, so it kind of, and then like, you know, when you're playing, you're like, yo, I want the ball. (laughs) So, you know, I go through the year, I look, I look up and uh, I had 14 catches, but seven of them were for touchdowns. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm not even going to get the ball like that. And, and, you know, I still made, you know, all league or whatever, but it was just like, nah, like this ain't, I don't want to do this. Like, right. And uh, I think the the popularity you could get with basketball, like I I like that. I like people being able to to see me. I remember telling uh, <laughs> at uh like a little like banquet at college, they're just like, you know, we heard you were you know a hell of a football player. Why'd you switch to basketball? I said, well, you can't really see the the football players. They got that face mask on <laughs> the whole time. I said, I want y'all to be able to see me. Yeah, I don't know, man. It, it would have been interesting to see um, how how the football thing would have turned out. All right. So once you got kind of clear on it and you went to your coach and you asked him, you know, I got, mm-hmm. I got all these basketball offers. What do you have for me? And he kind mm-hmm. of came back with, with nothing. Um, what, what mm-hmm. made it clear for you your next step was? Like, how did you then, then decide what school you were going to go to and kind of what you were looking for in a program? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, during that recruiting process, right, I really, man, the coach that I ended up going to play for at LMU, right, this is the mm-hmm. first, school, first school I went to before uh, Santa Barbara, Rodney Tension. And, um, you know, I think uh, just kind of like how he, he made me feel like it, I never, I didn't have a father growing up. And, um, you know, he kind of like stepped up and was like, man, like you come here, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what it takes to, to become a pro. Right. And he coached, you know, some of, some of all our, our favorite guards um, in college. At Arizona, Mike Bibby, uh, Gilbert Arenas, Jason Terry, you know, Salim Stoudemire. He coached so many mm-hmm. great guards, you know, Andre Iguodala, like all these guys. I'm like, I want to get to that level. What do I got to do? He was like, I'm going to give you a chance, every chance to, to, to fail, to succeed, fail and succeed until you get there. You know, I did, that's all I wanted was opportunity. And he believed in me from the jump. He, I took that visit. I, I met with the team. I met with the guys. You know, I felt like it was just like the the place for me. And I felt like mm-hmm. even though our team wasn't very good that year, the year that I, I played for for him, I learned so much through those losses, through you know, 
the practices through uh, him teaching me the game, you know, more on a intellect side than, you know, the physical side, because I think my skills got better as I, as I got older, just the little things he was teaching me, you know, really set, set that apart, and, you know, gave me the opportunity, like I said, to, to learn and, and grow. And, and it made it an easy choice when I, when I picked him and I'm glad I, I did that. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it kind of was just clear to you that that was the best way to go. And, you know, I can't, mm -hmm. I don't have any experience being recruited <laughs> for division one basketball, but I mean, it sounds similar to, to kind of what Vic had gone through on his own side, um, kind of going mm -hmm. through that process as well. The same I mean, thing. Yeah, college, uh, college recruiting as well as, um, I mean, free agency, um, being a pro is, is, uh, Obviously, it's 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 the mind game, right? And I think a lot of times, especially mm -hmm. when I when I chose uh, Northwestern, it just felt like the mm -hmm. the most home place. You know, I I don't know how to explain it. Like yeah. every other program, kind of made me feel like I was just going to be another piece in the machine, right? Like it just made me feel like, yeah, you come in here, you know, we're good. We'll always be good. You'll help us continue that tradition. Blah blah blah. We got this. We got this. We got this. Right. And nothing nothing ever like stood out with them right like obviously they, they had all the bells and whistles but uh when i went to, to northwestern uh the coach kind of made me feel like yo like you know i've had this experience i've coached the olympic team i can get you there right like i've seen what it takes to get there um and i can tell you you know he and he gave me his understanding he's like you're not ready yet but we can get you ready you know and i need you um and i felt like just like that was a, was a big part of like why i wanted to go there um and then continue to prove like other people wrong. Like the school I went to had never had success really. And, and you know, we finally got to that. But being being like the, the first person to believe and say like, nah, we like we can get there uh was really important for me and, and you know, it was a super special moment. So kinda of what you're both you're both saying is it's really a gut mm -hmm. feeling. It's not yeah. something that yeah. you can really put on paper. Right. But it's really just from sitting in that room, from hearing all these different people try to sell you on their vision. There's one, there's a moment that comes along during that process where you, you don't even need to be sold. You feel aligned. You feel that gut. This is it. This is the one. You're right. Yep. Hey, Orlando, exactly. let me ask you a question. When did, um, when did basketball mm -hmm. truly become serious for you? Like, I think there's a point in every Hooper's, um, process or path, you know, like when it, when it goes from you just hooping with your boys and, and it's fun. So then it, mm -hmm. it comes to a point where, all right, now, all right, mm -hmm. this shit is serious. Like, now I'm I'm playing for something. Yeah. Like, it's much bigger than just basketball or, like, a Yeah, so uh, I remember uh, this moment. So I'm, uh, it's my senior year. After my season, I kind of wondered. I was like, man, I miss playing, like, another sport. So I, I tried volleyball, right? Mm -hmm. I'm out there just playing, enjoying it. And uh, it was fun. It was, like, a great decompressor after, you know, a long basketball season that year mm -hmm. and um you know i get back to working out for my brother you know i'm, I'm kind of just going through the motions right kind of going through the motion he's like getting like he's getting pissed off at me he's like yo what are you doing what are you talking about man <laughs> he said if you're gonna be out here like let's get better and i was like well, what do you think i'm doing and so like he was kind of just like so i keep going i'm shooting and going through drills and he's like just pissed off so he's like you know what check up <laughs> and i'm like what <laughs> i'm like yo like stop like <laughs> And so, like, we we play, and my brother, like I said, he was he was good. He was, and he was still like pretty young. He's still playing, so he's probably like thirty five at the time. Uh, 
I'm talking about he wore me out, dog. He wore me out. And I was I was so mad because he started talking. He's like, you ain't ready for no Division One. You ain't. They about to send you home. They about to send you home. And this, you know, this is before I even take off the head down there. So yeah. I'm, you know, I'm pissed. I, I don't talk to my brother for, for a few days, right? Um, my brother Robbie and my brother Jamel is just like, he's a mediator because we talk damn near like every day. Mm-hmm. All three of us, we always talk. So, <laughs> He was like wondering, like, yo, like, what's up? Like, what's up with y'all? Like, why ain't y'all talking? He's like, and so my, my brother, he's a smart ass. So he was like, well, you tell him, you ask him what's wrong. His feelings got hurt. <laughs> he he, he, he think he's about to be sweet. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> you know, he, he's like, oh, he's like, what's he saying? He's telling you the truth. And so like, I didn't want to hear that at the time. Right. But, you know, right before that, I locked in for, you know, the month and a half that I had, you know, with him there before I went down to school, mm-hmm. went down to school and, and was like, this is something that I was telling myself at, at, you know, 17, almost 18 at the time. Like, I'm really going to try to like make it to the NBA. Like, this is what I wanted to do. And then I started speaking on it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I started telling my best friend, Brandon, and, wait, you going to make it to the league from here? Like, he's like, like you, you nice. But like, he's like, <laughs> But, like, I think once he's seen me, like, the way, like, anybody coming in there, Kobe, James Harden, like, all these guys, Russ Westbrook, like, I wasn't, you know, wasn't backing down from me, down to nobody. Mm-hmm. And I was going at everybody. And it was just like, they were like, yo, who's this dude with the braids, the na- the uh, the nappy braids out here, you know, working like this? And it was like, yo, that's our new freshman coming in. And it's like, okay, like, he all right. <laughs> right. And so then it was just like, I can't, I can't believe in like, yo, I can play with them. Mm-hmm. I can play with them. And then as my, you know, my game grew, the notoriety started to, you know, come along. And then I just took off and you know, became, you know, a player that everybody, you know, in, in the country kind of knew about. So that's just how uh, it went. But like, Perfect. yeah, I would say, bro, like going into that, going into that freshman year of college, I really was like, okay, like, let me like, let me tap in. Let me tap into something that I've never seen for myself. And mm-hmm. That was that was the turning point, I think, for me. Because before I, I I loved all the other sports. I liked to speaking of like speaking on your brother, and uh, especially how he mentored you. Were there any times in high school or college mm-hmm. when when you when you and your brother like that connection you guys had um, really helped you get through any adversity or obstacles you faced? Oh yeah, I lost my mother at a year or our our mom at a year. My brother was 17, about to get ready to go to college. Uh, my other brother was like 13 or mm-hmm. something like that. My brother, Robbie, he's the eldest, so he takes off to Weber State, you know, coming back and, and helping uh, when he can and whatnot. And my brother, Jamel, was, you know, pivotal because he was just entering high school. So he had to, you know, kind of take care of me. They would tell me stories about them taking me to to school with them, to high school yeah. with them. But like, yo, I got to take my brother with me. Like, you know what I mean? These, they're kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I can't even imagine me having to do something like that. Like take my, my baby brother or my kid and I'm in high school, you know, mm-hmm. at the time. So mm-hmm. like just having that support system, like having them just, just be there, you know, right. having that time with them, you know, a lot of them could have been like, oh man, like he's cool. He's at grandma's house. He got, you know, his cousins and, uncles and aunties there but like they really took it upon themselves like nah like none of us grew up with with you know with dad so like 
why would we let you know our brother who's gonna grow up without a mom or a dad so them having that connection i think with with our mom like helped helped um them being a little bit more compassionate and 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 looking out for me for one um to make sure that i didn't go down the wrong path because we had so many family members and uh friends that did right so they just you know they took it upon themselves to make sure that uh they they didn't want their brother to to turn out that way right and and were they when you after your first year at lmu i kind of going back Mm -hmm. a little bit when you decided you you know you had a lot of success that year you set this freshman Mm -hmm. scoring record and you tied the freshman record for rebounds but Mm -hmm. you decided to leave lmu did you mm-hmm. talk to them about yeah. that, how you were feeling, and, and it kind of helped you figure out your next move? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, my coach, I, I really went there for for him. And, you know, when he got fired, that really, uh, that that hurt me um, because of uh, the relationship we built. And I just felt like he, he didn't really get a shot. He was only there two years. And, yeah, we had a rough year. But, you know, when – a coach comes in and he has guys that aren't really his guys and you know like we're his first recruiting class it's kind of tough mm-hmm. you know because yeah. he's trying to figure out a way to win like their job is based on winning games and he had players that all honestly like just didn't they didn't belong there he was the one that you know that had to take the fall and so for me i was like i'm not gonna be at a school that you know that just turns their back on you know somebody like that you know i made the decision the first one because I, I took one visit to lmu and and that's where i knew i wanted to go and then next one my brother's like nah like we're gonna have a little bit more say in this one so i i wanted to go to uh purdue so purdue was the first school that called me once i told him i wanted to transfer coach painter we were talking and, and i'm like oh man that's great like, i get to play in the big 10 like i really showed that i belong on on that level you know what i mean like guys are going to see that I can really bring it at that level. You know, I think with um, my my brothers, they were just like, nah, you're not leaving California. So I'm like, oh, my goodness. And at that time, I had, like I said, Purdue, Oregon State, Texas A&M, and St. John were the main schools that I was looking to go outside of California. Right. But in California, San Diego State was, um, was the other school that I, I really liked. Um, probably my second option after Purdue. You know, I take a visit there. I love it. I was like, I think we could really do something special here. The coach is telling me about, you know, this kid from, uh, like, Riverside. He was like, yeah, you know, this guy, Kawhi Leonard, he's he's going to be a, a really <laughs> good player. And I'm just like, okay. like, And, you know, he, he he's just talking about him, like, you know, because I'm like, I don't know who, you know, who Kawhi is or nothing yeah. like that. But yeah. he's just saying, like, when I would, you know, because I would have to sit out that first year. But when he comes here and you guys are all together, and uh, Malcolm Thomas as well, who's um, uh, he was like, you guys come here, like you guys are really gonna have a chance to, to make something special. And that team went on to like a Sweet Sixteen or something yeah. like that. But you know, they were just talking about the possibilities and stuff like that. Having you know, me and uh, you know Kawhi on the wing and, and Malcolm, uh, who I took my recruiting trip with, uh, he was like, man, you guys could do something special here. Yeah, I, was, I came home. I told my brother, I said, man, like, that's where I want to go. That's where I want to go. I think San Diego, I love San Diego. It's my favorite city in California. And my brother was like, they heard about some, like, drug bust or something on the school. <laughs> and I'm talking about they flipped. They was like, 
heck no, you ain't going there. <laughs> and I was like, what? I was like, what, what do you mean? And I was like, that ain't got nothing to do with the basketball. He's like, oh, come on, man. He's like, that ain't the school you need to be at. I'm, I'm telling them. <laughs> I'm telling them the classes they were trying to throw me in, bowling and rock climbing classes. Like, cool He's like, nah. He's they like, were not, not down with that. that. Yeah. UC calls. So Santa Barbara, I had no, I didn't think, they weren't even on my radar. And my brother, they get in contact with my brother. Somehow. Actually, one of the coaches at the time uh, is from my hometown. So he reached out to my brothers. And he was like, man, like, we're trying to get in contact with Orlando, but he just will not answer our calls. <laughs> not going to know Santa Barbara. Right. <laughs> and, you know, so, that like, my brothers literally picked me up from school. And, you know, they're talking. We're talking to the coaching staff. And they're like, I say, man, I'll do, like, a unofficial or whatever, you know. I was like, nah, man, you know, please, like, we'll just do, you know, official like, we really just want to show you a good time, like, show you just what we have to offer. And, um, you know, I get on campus, I look at it, I'm like, oh, it's cool. I remember, because I'm on, like, I'm low-key on crutches because uh, I played pickup, like, the day before. Like, we were, it was, it was, like, a really, like, uh, good run. Like, James, James Harden was up there the day, and he brought some of his boys and some of my LMU some of my close friends from LMU were there and we're, we're playing against them. So we're, you know, we're bumping and stuff like that. And I, I roll my ankle or something like that. And I get up there on the visit and, you know, I, I was expecting to play, couldn't play. And I'm watching these dudes. I'm like, okay, like they cool. Like, I was like, this, I was like, this is about to be too light. <laughs> it's about to be too <laughs> light. And so, you know, the coach is talking like, yeah, you'll be, you know, he was talking like how those coaches were like, yeah, you'll be a good piece here and there. Right. I literally walked in, walked in his office, and I was like, "I said, what's the scoring record?" He was like, "Oh yeah, Al Harris. He, you know, he he just finished here last year." I was like, "I was, I'll break that in three. Hmm. And he kind of like sat back, like, "Oh wow, you're like that." I said, "Yeah, I'm like that." And um, I remember on their board, it was like, "If you know, we get Orlando, we got a chance to make it to the tournament every year and all that." And I was like, "I was like, I'm about to turn this program around." And my brothers, I think I learned that confidence, you know, from mm -hmm. them. <laughs> just to walk in and, and, and kind of just be yourself. And I never like came in as like cocky, but I just knew my work. Mm -hmm. I knew my work yeah. to speak for it. So, you know, uh, I talked to my college coach to this day and he always brings that up. He's like, man, he's like, I've coached a lot of guys. He's like, but I never had somebody come in there and kind of just tell me like what they were going to do. He's like, you, you did that and more. So that was, a uh, that was pretty special, you know, to hear and the memories that I was able to create there. Cause I actually do. I love that place now. That's definitely like my second home. So yeah, it, yeah, it all worked out. Great. Yeah, no, Santa Barbara is amazing. And Vic and I actually have spent some time up there with one of our the friends. The campus who lives is out unbelievable. There. Um, but what I wanted to, what I wanted oh, to go back goodness. to is what you called Wait. out the scoring record. You said I'm going to mm -hmm. beat that, and you did. Yeah. So yeah. you scored in three years with the program, eighteen hundred and twenty-five points. You were named mm -hmm. Big West Player of the Year. As a sophomore, had first team all Big West honors for three straight years, and you were the Big West tournament MVP in 2010 and 2011. What does that, all of that success mean to you now? And how is that different or the same to what it meant to you during that time when you were playing at UCSB? Uh, you know, I think then I, I didn't really trip off of it too much. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like I was, you know, MVP or you know, All-American, stuff like that. I was like, that's, those are all great accolades to have and stuff like that. But because you're kind of just, you're in the moment 
at that time. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, like I'm ready to keep going. I'm ready to keep playing, you know, and hooping and whatnot. Um, because I, my 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 mindset then was like, that don't matter to me. I'm still trying to. I need to get to the league. Like that's where, right? You know, I'll feel like I did something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like I look back on it now, and I'm just like, man, I wish I would have just enjoyed it and a little bit more. But I look at it like that's just what made me the the killer that I I wanted to be. You know, I never settled. Like I never, the work was was never done for me. Like I always felt like I had something more to prove. And you know, I think that's the thing that just still to this day that keeps driving me. Like even in my business adventures, like I just I'm always yearning for more and trying to learn as much as I can and become the best that I can and whatever I put, you know, uh, my foot towards. So, uh, yeah, I look back at it now, like, man, like you was, you was a bad boy. boy. (laughs) Orlando, uh, looking, looking back at all that, you know, Jake, um, so kind of eloquently put all, you know, you, all your successes. Um, do you ever look back and say, man, I wish I went to Purdue or I wonder what it would have been like had I went to San Diego state. Maybe my path would have been different. Played alongside Kawhi. Yeah, yeah. I I, I look at it like, oh man, that would have been that would have been crazy, right? Mm-hmm. But like again, Vic, like we were saying, like you wanted to have a, a imprint, right. you know. I wanted to leave a legacy, mm-hmm. you know, on a program. I wanted to, I want people to be able to talk about me, like, damn, like mm-hmm. you know, it's funny when I come back and, mm-hmm. and you know they kind of like the players look at me and they're like, wait, is that? Right. It's kind of like you know when you see like you know one of your favorite players is that's like he really went here like he right. really did all this absolutely you know and you know it's cool to see them reap like the benefits now of like what my like teams were able to do like when I was there right. and yeah man like I, I kind of look at it like damn that would have been cool like I knew some of the guys on the Purdue teams too mm-hmm. and like later when we became uh you know pros I would talk to them and right. they were like man I remember uh coach was telling us about you he said man I got this kid in California if we bring him here we're going to be you know we're going to be a, a a final 14 you know it was just it was just interesting to think like you know that that what if game right and uh you know getting a chance to play for you know, uh coach painter and for team USA that was cool um cuz we got to actually ch- chance to talk about it mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that so I mean, I have a I have a similar story. Um, it, it I think it's I think it's hilarious, um, but it, it's definitely a similar story because I would say that I, I'm still so happy that I went to Northwestern and still had the the experience I did. Mm-hmm. But when I was in high school, right, like I'm, I'm in high school, mm-hmm. um, I'm top thirty in the country. You know, at at this point, can't nobody tell me nothing, right? You know, I'm on top of the world. I'm playing. Mm-hmm. I'm playing. In, I'm <laughs> playing in Chicago. You know, we in the city basketball league. You know, we're killing it. You know, I'm on on my team. Mm-hmm. I think from from my team, ten guys go like high D one. So you know, I, I, I'm basically you know I'm I feel Oof. like at this point, you know, for a young knucklehead kid, like you're at, you almost feel like you're at the pinnacle right now, right? And so all these oh yeah, <laughs> all these schools are recruiting me, and um, it's funny. I I, I specifically remember this. Um. I, f- I forget Coach Dunleavy at Villanova, and this is before Villanova is like you know the the, the consistent steady power. You know the, Villanova's always been good. They had Randy Floyd, Kyle Lowry. You know they've always had good teams, but their recent success has definitely put them over the top of college basketball. Right, 
And um, so Coach Dudley yeah. comes in and you know, he's recruiting me. He comes to a game. Say, you know, we like you. You know, we like what you what you bring, but uh, we want to redshirt you, right? We want we want to kind of play a different kind of basketball. We want to kind of go do small ball, right? We want to put you at the four. And this is when I'm in high school. I'm playing like the two through the four, right? I'm kind of just a wing and a system that just we all kind of dribble, handle, and shoot. And he tells me, you know, we want we want to redshirt you, get you stronger, and you know, get you at the four. And we think you would have a lot of success if you did that. And, you know, at this point, you know, I'm getting recruited by, like, Wisconsin, uh, VCU, uh, like, you know, all these schools, you know, Stanford, like, all these these powerhouse schools, Michigan. And I'm like, I'm not registered for nobody. You know, I'm I'm trying to – and this is right when uh, uh, one and done is getting attractive. I'm like, I want to – like, you know, that's my dream. Like, I want to play, like, with the best. Like, I want to be on the top pedestal, like, playing with everybody, right? So I'm like, no, nah, I'm not I'm not registered. He's like, all right, I'm going to come one more time, right? So he comes again, or or no, 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 we play at a tournament in Villanova that I think them and my head coach set up so we could see Villanova like that as like a unofficial, unofficial visit, right? So we go up there um, mm-hmm. and we see, you know, I meet Jay Wright, you know, and I meet the whole coaching staff. We get the whole, and I get the whole, uh, I get to sit down and talk to him. He's like, yo, like, we want to offer you, but you, you're going to have to, like, I'm not going to lie to you, you're going to register. And I'm like, all right, you know, let me think about it. And they're telling me, you know, we start, we see their gym, you know, we do all this stuff. And I get home, and I'm like, man, nah, like, it's just, not, I'm not, it's not for me. Like, I don't want to register it, right? And then I, you know, then I meet the coach of Northwestern, and he kind of gives me his whole spiel. And I really, really resonates with me. Um, the assistant coach comes in and speaks to me. He gets so moved. He, he comes to tears talking about it. I'm like, man, like, this, like, these are people I trust, right? So I go to Northwestern and end up mm-hmm. redshirting anyway. I get hurt and end up redshirting anyway. Mm-hmm. And Villanova goes on to win two championships. Oh. You know, uh, they're like the winningest program ever. <laughs> the dude, oh. the dude who replaces me is McCall Bridges. Um, you know, it's got mad respect for him and what oh. him and Villanova did, and, and my That's boy tough. Jalen Brunson. So it, it's just funny to me how how life works, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I say no to redshirting. I yeah. end up redshirting anyway. But I honestly had such a great experience. I made such great connections. You know, I met Jake through my connections at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny how life works, right? Like, oh, I could have had that path. But the path mm-hmm. that I feel like I'm on is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And hearing your story, it just seems like, you know, you went to yeah. Santa Barbara. You could have had all these other decisions. But where exactly where you chose exactly where you were supposed to be. Yeah, exactly, man. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy the way it turned out, for real. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's a a great point, right? Leading into your NBA career, you know, it, it might have not been the path that you had wanted, but it was the one that you got, and you made the most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you put your, mm-hmm. you know, you put the hard work in, and and you showed yourself you can do it. And then you go mm-hmm. on to the NBA draft, and you get drafted thirty sixth overall. What was that mm-hmm. like? Can you oh, talk us through us, that? Yeah, tell us big, about draft big... night, man. Tell us about draft night. <laughs> yeah, because we've talked about yeah. draft night and. It's you know yeah. uh, this is a, a little bit different than that, so <laughs> right. I definitely want to get your 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 story. Oh man, it's like one of the uh, most like nerve wracking like uh, my gosh like days like because I remember that day there was like a uh, like a football clinic uh, in in my hometown. Um, some of like old football pros that are from there they would uh, would host a clinic like every summer. So they were like, hey, can you come talk you know to the kids or whatever before you know, the draft tonight and, you know, I'm going out there and 
I'm nervous because I know all these little kids. I've I've seen them all, you know, yep. grow up and and stuff like that. So you know, I'm just kind of explaining them my story. I'm, I'm from these same streets that y'all are from, and, and just kind of like letting them know, like you know, you put the work in, man. Like for real, like it can happen. And uh, so I get to I get to this hotel because my agent was like, "Do you want to fly to you know New York for the draft?" Like I was like, ah. I was like, because I was already like a late first rounder to mm-hmm. early second round so i was mm-hmm. like i don't want to do that i kind of want to spend it with with my people at home right and uh, so we get a hotel in in my hometown and uh just sitting in there and my agent's sitting there with me and he's just like uh you know like they know the picks the, the people that's getting picked right before and like it gets to like the point where i'm like i'm thinking i'm about to get drafted because I, like, oh, I killed this work already for sure getting right picked. and then you know you're not you're not hearing your name. Mm-hmm. And like, so he's saying picks and then like my brother, Jamel, who's like, like the biggest goofball ever. And he like, he's like giving me this look like, uh, you know, how you feeling? <laughs> I was like, Hey man, like stop talking to me right now. Like, I'm cool. <laughs> like, I'm good. So I'm just trying to like, <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, like, like, you know, black out a little bit, just trying to you yeah. know, like lock in, you know, every, I got all family, cousins, everybody there watching this, you know, in these rooms right. and stuff like this. And I'm like, oh, so you're telling me like I put in all this work and I ain't about to get it. So I remember I leave after like, it gets like the 29th or the, like close to the, the end of the first round, start, you know, crying. And my best friend's there. He was like, bro, like this ain't gonna be no different. He's like, this is, this is your life. Like it's always a, a challenge. You've always had to overcome things. And so, you know, my agent's trying to call me back. He's like, oh, come back, man. He's like, uh, they're about to call you. And I'm thinking, okay, so I'm looking at the, the draft. I'm like, oh, shoot. I was like, am I going to Golden State or is this like, is it Sac? Yeah. Like Sacramento? I was like, no way. I get, it on, get on the phone with Coach Vogel and he's just like, hey, Orlando, like, we're going to draft you. We're going to trade for you um, with the Kings. We uh, really like what you what you brought and uh we think you can help so i was like oh shoot so all my family right the draft goes on they think i'm going to sacramento and they're like oh what he staying in california, Same california. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and i didn't i didn't say anything because I, I already knew i was going to indiana, right but i didn't say anything. yeah i just wanted to see everybody's face when they heard indiana and then um you know a few minutes go by and they're like there's been a trade or and then like the you know Pacers trade for Orlando Johnson, everybody's like Indiana. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, going to Indiana. And, um, were were you excited about that? Was the best thing. So excited because I knew the type of team, the culture they were building there. Um, I was excited, man. I was going to be with some young young guys uh, out there: Paul George, Lance Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and learn from learn from vets. You know, like D West. Yeah, um, George had, Hill. Uh, Great, great teammate Danny Granger, you know George Hill, DJ Augustine was was my boy. We uh, we grew, we grew as a team, as as a unit, and and uh, that was fun to be around because I really learned how to play like some really good basketball with those guys. Yeah, I just wish uh, we would have had a chance to keep kind of keep that thing rolling a little longer. Right. But um, what would you say? It was was crazy that draft. What would you say was the the And before I ask what you learned from, you know, guys like Paul George and David West, talk, talk to me about your workouts. Like, what did you think of the NBA workouts? What was your best? What was your worst? Let's hear some of your NBA workout stories. Oh, man. So, uh, 
Let's see. Um, I know Chicago. Chicago was a monster. They would make you like play like one on one, full court. Uh, you know, all types of conditioning drills and, and shooting drills. So that that was that was a beast. Detroit was another one that was like it was like damn near like a conditioning workout. I was like, oh my goodness. So I'm glad I was in in the shape that I was in because I was like, these are like something else. Like it was like picking up. Uh, you had to guard it guard a guy one-on-one all the way down the court if he scored and you hit the run back down guard the next guy one-on-one mm. it was just yeah that was that was tough and then you know but once we got to like the plan and stuff like that and the shooting shooting drills like it was cool because like literally i remember like during that pre-draft process i was on a flight probably every other day yep. like like so all the the work that i put in it was like i'm just going to the next city mm-hmm. to, to work out and i had probably like what 11 workouts mm-hmm. my last one was my last one probably was my best one. That was with Indy. Oh, okay. Um, I'm cooking. I'm <laughs> like, I'm cooking. And uh, next thing you know, like, I go up and I take a jump shot. And, and you know, a dude, he, like, comes and puts his, like, uh, foot under my, mm-hmm. you know, when you're coming down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You land on somebody's mm-hmm. foot. So I come down, I roll my ankle, man, and I'm, I'm done. Like, the, I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like, what? And I, like, I remember I'm, like, there, like, bird. Everybody's there watching. So I'm like, shh. I gotta keep. Uh, I'm trying to play. I'm like, ah, I can't even get out there. Right. And um, you know, he he comes over to Larry. Comes over. He's like, man, you had a hell of a workout, kid. Wow. And I was like, Larry Bird talking. Larry talking to me. Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, we'll be in touch. I said, oh, sh-. <laughs> I, I, and like, that's that surreal right, right there. Gave me a good indication. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, the the legend. I was like, oh my goodness. And yeah, they pulled the trigger and and uh, called for me. So that was a that was a surreal feeling, man. Like the Get a chance to see Larry Bird, you know, all the time and talk with him. You know, like actually have conversations right. and and uh, pick his brain about the game. So that was that was really dope. No, I'm just saying it's crazy because I've heard some some real interesting stories about Larry watching workouts. Uh, I heard Larry. Uh, oh can, man, can be one of the hardest. Larry talks greasy. Not, I've heard. Like Larry, Larry don't hold nothing back. Like let me tell you, he holds nothing back. Come in the gym, I'll still I'll shoot all y'all. You're right. With, no. With a can of dip. He's yeah. talking. Wait, so he's talking with, with, shit to you guys before your workout. No, before our workouts, after our workouts, with the with the dip in his mouth, talking about I'll bust everybody. <laughs> they don't matter. I was like, oh my god, nah, that's real. That's real deep South Indiana <laughs> that's right amazing. there. Yeah, for real. I was like, oh yeah, Larry's. He don't play. He don't play. It was it was fun though. Like he coming to practice. He's like, hey, keep wearing them out. Keep wearing them out. He's talking about, you know, like from the bench guys talking to about the starters. He's like, he's, he's like, these MFers don't want to play. I was like, oh, shit. So that's how you feel? I was like, okay. So, yeah, and I was dope getting a chance to, uh, to work under him. So that was all leading up to the 2012 NBA draft and the Indiana Pacers mm-hmm. traded up for you. So then once you're mm-hmm. officially a Pacer and you're now a professional basketball player, what was that mm-hmm. first year like for you? You played in 51 games and had 12 playoff appearances. Can you talk mm-hmm. us through some of those experiences, what you learned, what it was like, the challenge of becoming a pro uh, versus playing in college, kind of all the things that you experienced that first year? You know, the oh, man, that first year was a mental battle for sure. Uh, you go from being the man, you're going from being one of the best players in, you know, college basketball, best player, you know, in your conference or wherever you're at, right? 
and you get to the NBA and you're like, you're thinking you're going to have the same type of success. You think you're, it's like you're going to get the same type of looks and, you know, stuff like that. You come come to find out real quickly, like, oh, man, like this is, oh, this is different. Like you can't like shoot those type of shots. You can't get that type of rhythm now. Like it's like, oh, no, like I got to come in and I got to pick guys up full court or I got to, you know, only take these type of shots. You know, like this is all they want me to do. And so like that was that was very tough because you know for the short minutes that you're getting in you know like say yeah. you're only getting one or two shots right if you're not hitting those one or two shots like one it, it's affecting your percentages and stuff like that and two it's not giving them the the confidence to keep you out there and leave you out there you know for me i i caught a, a very hot stretch in the beginning of my uh when i started playing like during my rookie year and um was shooting the ball really well and then, you know, you go through stretches where it got through, you know, you might not be hitting and you might, you know, start yeah, taking He's going through rookie, rookie trouble. might not be. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I, I was going through all those and, you know, trying to trying to keep and find my way. And, you know, luckily, like I said, I just had veterans that kind of helped mold me into how to play the game uh, uh, of basketball, you know, because most of the times I've always been the man. and. Mm-hmm. You know, coming there, it just showed me how to become a better teammate, a better uh, leader, um, you know, how to communicate better. And, um, yeah, like that was a that was a very that was a challenge more so than the physical. It was more so I knew I could physically play, but mentally, I think uh, I just learned and soaked up so much game that year that uh, I think it's going it, to it, it has benefited me uh, in the long run. And what was it like for you to go back and forth between the NBA and at the time it was the D League, but now it's the G League. And mm-hmm. I know Vic has his own experience yeah. with this and can speak to it as yeah. well. Um, but what was that like, mm-hmm. you know, in your case? So, yeah, like my first year, I was like, oh, man, like I, I want to hoop. So <laughs> I'm like, can y'all like send me down there? And they're like, um, OK, like, yeah. So I went down there to play some games just to kind of get my rhythm, you know, All right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it turned out, you know, well, like I played like two or three games and then, you know, I get a call. They're like, hey, um, somebody rolled, the, you know, somebody got injured in practice. We need you to fly here to play or to suit up. And I was like, oh, shoot. So, you know, I fly to Boston, right, early morning flight to Boston. And then um, I get, uh, I suit up, you know, that game. I'm not sure if we're going to play or I'm sure if I'm going to play, but uh, we're getting blown out. Something like that, and um, you know, coach throws me in the whole fourth quarter, and he like lets me just do my thing, and I got a chance to really like you know play and earn my way into some minutes. And my teammates were you know just proud of the way I, I came along, and, you know, the professionalism that I came with every day, the work that I put in every day, and um, you know it was showing. So uh, from that point on, it just led to a stretch where I was in the rotation and getting significant minutes to to help our team win win uh win game so um yeah the g league was a was a dope experience man and, and if people go down there with the right mindset and to put in the work knowing what they're trying to get out of it it's a it's a good thing to, to use um i'll just say what uh especially in your rookie season what do you think um really helped you like with your confidence as a rookie like making those mistakes trying to figure out like your role and your niche in the NBA. Oh man. Uh, literally D West taking me to the side and was like, look, K 
catch and shoot it, catch and uh, drive, or catch and pass the ball. He's like, stop. He like stop holding the ball. And I was like, in college, I kind of was like a ball stopper a little yeah. bit. So like, you know, come to me, and then I kind of got get into my bag. But mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Like, so it just it helped me with making quicker decisions. Like, right. to be able to like always be engaged mm-hmm. and stuff like that, not waiting for mm-hmm. it. You know, like defensively, like the communication, just like the intensity, like I was able, I felt like in college, you know, I was like uh, a really, really good scorer. So, you know, I wasn't always like demanded to guard the best uh, player the best, yeah. uh, at all, at all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, in those crunch time situations, they're throwing me on them. But like this point, I was like, oh, I ain't, I ain't really got a, a role like that. So it's like, I get to just kind of like let it, you know, go all out. So. Yeah. For me, I would just, you know, whatever they needed me to do. Like, it was like, shoot, you need me to guard him? You need me to box out here? You need me to wave a towel? What? what like, what? You need me to call? Like, <laughs> right. Whatever they needed me to do, that was it. Mm. And I was just open and willing, like, because I had teammates that, that cared that cared for me and wanted to see me do well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that made me feel appreciated and uh, just wanted to, to soak in all the, the game from these guys. I was gonna say what um I guess what was other than that David West piece, who who was your favorite vet and what kind of uh is a piece of advice that you'll always take with you as you as you kind of move forward through your throughout your career? My guy, uh DJ Augustine. So we used to sit uh next to each other, like on the planes and stuff like that, and we would always be talking. He'd just be like, Look, Brooke, don't let them change you. Like, be you. Mm-hmm. He's like if you he's like that if you a score and that's your game play your game like don't let people come in here trying to trying to change you and trying to tell you to do something that you know right that you that you don't do well like do what you do well and so like i think when i whenever i i have an au uh program mm-hmm. and i always tell the kids this, you know i'm like hey do what you do well we might be telling you to do this but like you know what you you're capable of doing right that's what I was like. That's what people want to see. They want to see what you can do well. Like if you know you can't shoot, but you can, you're a hell of a, a driver and can get to the basket. Do that. Do it at a, a high clip. Like if you know your favorite shots a step back, shoot that. <laughs> right. Like, like so for me, like it was just like having that constant reminder. Like oh man, like yeah, I can do this. Like just do what you do well. Sure. Like, and, it was like one of those simple like talks like that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where he could see I was getting in my head about things, you know, about like, you know, uh, a play or something like that. Like, you know, cause when you're in those limited roles, you only get a, a certain opportunity and you know, you're just like, dang, like, how can I get better? How can I, you know, fix this? And he was like, man, just kind of just control what you can, but you know, well, you know, it's, just do what you, you do. know, it's a small world because uh, I was just on the magic and my the bet that I, I guess, well, one of the best I resonated with the most was DJ Augustine. And DJ was the first person to, the first person to text me and say congratulations <laughs> about signing with Brisbane. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just appreciated him the whole season, uh, just kind of sticking, like damn. talking to me yeah. through it all. Oh, man. Dude, that, that's my dog right there. Because I would literally be, I, I remember practice and I'm like, yo, D, I was like, just give me the rock, dog. He was like, huh? I was like, yo, just give it to me. Like, as soon as I would hit a shot or something like that, I'm, I'm always vocal. So I'm telling, the, I'm telling, you know, mm-hmm. the starters. I was like, I'm hot. I was like, I'm coming down shooting everything today. Yeah. And they think I'll be playing. They're laughing. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, we'll play like a game to like seven, and I, 
I'm, I come down, I hit seven. They're like, oh, as I told you, I'm shooting everything. Coach over there just dying laughing, but like he knows, like I'm not playing because like I was like I'm trying to I'm trying to fill it up and I want to win. Right. I want the I was like I'm trying to make him better, but like I want to play. Right. You know what I mean? So it was like always a healthy competition. Yeah, like having guys like like George Hill who who came from a San Antonio Spurs team, a great culture. He helped uh, rub off with his leadership to the rest of the guys as well. So you know, we just had a bunch of guys who just who just wanted to 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 see each other do well, and and I think that's what made us such a a strong unit. Mm-hmm. Jan Mahimi was another uh, pivotal guy for us as well. So, yeah. so how did uh, you know having those vets and having those voices that were willing mm-hmm. to help you and kind of give you shreds of information along your way? How did that help you with your journey after the Pacers? Because I know for you, you started to bounce around a lot mm-hmm. more going. You know, back to the mm-hmm. the D League, going overseas, mm-hmm. kind of you know going back mm-hmm. to the NBA. Kind of walk us through that, and maybe how that, you know, what you learned in that one year helped you. Well, yeah, I, I think um, you know, my first and my second year, because then the next year we had uh, what do we have? We had um, CJ Watson that came in. We had uh, you know um, my my coach, my assistant coach uh, Brian Shaw, who was at uh, Gaucho as well. Mm-hmm. He Put me on so much game that just would you know talk about his championship teams with the Lakers and you know I think for me it just mentally made me made me stronger than I probably thought I was you know like just being able to to endure the things you know to to go and and be okay with the the results and um, yeah I, I did let me see after you know I left Indy went to SAG tried the overseas thing but my mind at that point in my career I just wasn't I felt like I was giving up on where I wanted to be too early and so I wasn't really mentally into mm-hmm. being uh, overseas at that point you know that kind of uh, ended that first stint in Spain so I came home to the G League and I kind of kind of found the love love again playing with, in, in Austin uh, Spurs with with some uh, with a great group of guys my boy Keith my boy Moo Bryce Cotton we had a lot of guys, like Michael Green, like who were just dogs, and like Jonathan Simmons. Like mm-hmm. we had guys who just who wanted it every day and brought it every day, and it it like that's the point I was making about the you know the the D League or, or G League is that like if you use it for the right thing, and I use I think that having that that time down there with you know those coaches as well, Earl Watts, Jason Frazier, um, Ken McDonald, like they helped me kind of find who I wanted to be again and the player I was. Yeah. I think that helped with the resiliency of me being able to go to all these places. I really, I enjoy traveling. I enjoy seeing different parts of the world. And it's just been like a a blessing to say that I've I've been able to, to go to these places. So Mm -hmm. I look at it at that point, you know, a lot of people like, damn, like he's been all over the place, but I was like, Hey, if they're going to keep paying, I'm going to keep playing. So, (laughs) What's, you know, what's crazy uh, is uh, the G League actually, a lot of people, for whatever reason, will look down on the G League and say it's not. The G League is actually super, super talented. And you have a, a players that, you oh, know, God. just haven't had yeah. the opportunity. There's a mm-hmm. ton of talent like that's in mm-hmm. the G or the, you know, the League, whatever you have played in it. There, I mean, you've seen it like mm-hmm. the coaches, like Nick Nurse was a head coach of the Raptors. I think it's moved up once ABA Championship. Mm-hmm. And you, there's like on every team, you have like a, a group, a couple of players. 
or a group of players that are super talented, but I think the G League has a monumental amount of talent um, and is getting better and better. And I, I agree with you and saying that if you use it for the right reasons, like it can yeah, be man. great. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell a lot of guys who who come out of college, I'm just like, bro, like look at the G League. Yeah. Look, like really, you never know. I had a guy um, that I went to, or I mean, he went to my school, Gabe Vincent. Mm-hmm. Santa Barbara product. Now he's with the Miami Heat on, yep. a, on a two-way deal. Like he wasn't like well known like that coming out of college, but he kept working, kept putting in the time. Had a hell of a year last year in the G League, killed it, and now look, now he's reaping all that because he put in the work and used it for the right reason. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you have yeah. a memory, you know, from going through all of that, from bouncing around between the NBA, the G League, and overseas? Is there something that sticks out to you mm-hmm. about that journey? You know, you played in Russia, Spain, the Philippines, China, Lebanon, mm-hmm. Bosnia, Taiwan, and now Australia. Is there something there that mm-hmm. you really kind of find yourself going back to, to, to kind of remind yourself of the journey you've been on and to stay the course? Probably some of the relationships that I was able to make along the way. Just being able to make, you know, friends and they become, you know, like your family. Like you stay in contact with these people, the different types of environments I was able to be put put in and, and be involved, involved in. That was a, a hell of a ride. You know, it's been like a, a roller coaster. It's had some highs, had some lows, but, you know, we're still here and we still get to wake up and, and play this game. Or, I mean, hopefully in, you know, a few more days I get to keep playing this game, but you know, during that, you know, that whole process is just like, I still love being able to be out there on the court with my teammates and, yeah. and, and building those type of relationships. Bro. Yeah. That's where I look at it as a, uh, through this journey is like, man, like I'm just thankful. I still get to keep it going and, and have those relationships. So how are you looking at this latest opportunity in Australia? Are you seeing it as another opportunity mm-hmm. to grow yourself, your relationships and continue to do the thing that you love? Or as part of you mm-hmm. seeing an opportunity to showcase that you still have, you know, the NBA talent left and that you have another run, you know, to come back to the States and play at that level. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this is definitely going to be a uh, a year of um, get back. Uh, I think the last few years uh, I was battling injuries um, or coming back from an injury, you know, coming back from a ruptured patella tendon. That's, that's tough, man. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not like a acl or something like that like your whole knee is is gone and there's nothing attached there mm. and so for me like having to get that and the confidence back in that i just felt like uh even during this pandemic that like i w- was able to really get some 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 healing on that rest as well and also work work towards you know building it back up to where it was previous uh to where you know i was at uh before injury and honestly, I feel like I'm I'm there and stronger than what I was. So yeah, no, this it's gonna be a year where people are gonna be looking like or you know, Orlando Johnson is back to to being Orlando Johnson. And so yeah, no, that's definitely in the back of my mind is is to show that I can still play this game at at a very high level. And I'm excited to just be out there with the with our team, getting a chance to be on the floor with with Vic and and the rest of the guys, and and see what we can do. Because I think we once we get out there and we get on the same page. I know uh, mentality, what what I'll be bringing every day. And from what I've heard from Vic, I know what he's going to be bringing every day. And, and the guys I've talked to about him, I know what he's going to bring. So, yeah, we got we got a lot to, to show this year. 
yeah, I can't wait for this opportunity. Like I'm, I'm starting to shit. I'm starting to sweat. Just <laughs> yeah. How excited to get out there. And I, I wanted to ask, yeah. you know, kind of as we finish this interview up and, and, you know, really enjoyed talking to you about all of this, um, kind of some final things to think about. And what are your goals around this, you know, your career, this game of basketball, and and beyond that, what what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? Man, I think uh, the legacy for me is that I wanted to, I wanted to give it everything I, I had. And when people look back and like Orlando, you know, uh, what he did with his career, and they'd be like, he he given so much to the game, like to the next generation coming up. I hope that I'm passing along the knowledge that I received from the the coaches, the players that I've I've been around to give to them. To, so that they can take the game even further and become the best version of themselves. Yeah, for me, when I look at it and look back, uh, and when I decide to hang it up one day, I'll just be like, man, I gave it everything I had. I, I love you know the moments when I look back and I'm like, damn, I, I really didn't enjoy that or this was crazy. But like, you know, you only get one shot at this thing, and just knowing that I, I've given it everything I had and and maximize the most of my abilities, I can look back and, and be be happy with that. I'm proud of the career that I was able to have. Yeah, man. Well, I, you know, I it, it's really an incredible story and we're rooting for you and I'm excited to be able to watch you and Vic play this season in Australia. Oh yeah. Jay, we about to turn it up, dog. I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to be watching the NBL <laughs> every game. Yeah, and that's new for fun. me. It's gonna be a fun. I can't so, wait. I don't know if you have anything. Speaking, I mean, speaking, speaking about shout out of the fucking cannon. I mean, you're talking about we've been in a, a hotel room 14 days. Orlando got kind of got the snake eyes with the, the double quarantine. But dude, I I'm so so <laughs> oh, excited. I, I can't wait to finally get out and play, man. Mm -hmm. I I just think like, and I have so yeah. much motivation, especially with everything that went down to free agency. Like I oh, yeah. I'm so motivated to go and play. Um, I mm -hmm. just think that this year will be special. Yeah, man. Well, yeah. you know, I'm excited for. Yeah, for it's gonna be a dope. This podcast is presented by Bristol Studio, sound editing by Rashad Allen, music by James Grissom. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.